Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Hello, everyone. I am Katie Patrick, joined by David Fiorazzo, and Hi. we're going to drop some knowledge on all of you. And we're going to start with, I mean, the most knowledgeable and prestigious of people. Of course, it's pr the prestigious Stanford University, who is now in a world of damage control after a federal judge is invited to speak on campus and then promptly ambushed by leftist students and the dean of diversity so wow anytime we have anyone speaking on a college campus who isn't of the far left they get heckled, roasted heckled shut up shut up cut cut, cut off all this and by censored. students right oh yeah this one has a little twist here david well let's read a few bars <laughs> of this song that we often sing here on educated the administrator well, let me just give you a headline Stanford admins hijack U.S. judges' speak, speech, sorry, tell students to keep quiet about it. So the administrators responsible for Duncan's upstaging sent an email to leaders of the law school's Federalist Society encouraging its members to refrain from posting about the protest on social media. So Duncan, a, a U.S. Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit judge, He's long been viewed as a conservative advocate and a right-wing ideologue. So before we talk about this and what happened, let's watch this video. So you've invited me to speak here, and I'm being heckled nonstop. Yeah. And I'm just asking for an administrator to sign up. That's an administrator. You're racism in the show. I would like it. If you want a multi-choice idea, you have gotten what you wanted, take it. Huh. Like, do you want an echo chamber? What's the issue? Can I help? Yes. No. Yeah. Uh, no. I guess I have to hear remarks. I have to write something down because I'm so uncomfortable up here. Um, and I don't say that for sympathy. I just say I'm deeply, deeply uncomfortable. Um, I'm uncomfortable because this event is tearing at the fabric of this community that I care about and I'm here to support. And I don't know, and I have to ask myself, and I'm not a cynic to ask this, is the juice worth the squeeze? Is this worth it? It isn't a setup. But for many people in this law school who work here, who study here, and who live here, your advocacy, your opinions from the bench land as absolute disenfranchisement of their rights and does land. Let me. Come on, that conservative judge is disenfranchising communists and Marxists. Come on, Katie. You can't disenfranchise people with demonic ideologies. Okay, so let's go back to this person that walked up there and said she's uncomfortable just by his presence, right? And by the way, if you missed the beginning of what was said, he was heckled, you know, mm -hmm. throughout this whole thing. And so we asked the question. But her name is uh, Tyrion, I think. Tyrion Steinbach. Um, <laughs> She is the university's Associate Dean of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, DEI. And um, so you saw that little video there, and, and this, is, this is part of the problem. 
on college campuses, and this is, again, not an isolated incident. <laughs> we hear whatever, well, Ben Shapiro, I'm just, remember Ann Coulter used yeah. to always get shouted down. Oh, whenever yeah. a conservative or a Christian or a Republican would go and speak on these campuses, I, and I don't understand it because they think it's okay. They think they are justified to silence. It's communist, it's propaganda, it's, it's communist policy. When you silence one side of the debate and silence the opposition, don't allow them, them to speak, and you put forth your narrative, your ideology, your talking point, that's allowed. That, this is what we're seeing, this is Marxism in America, ladies and gentlemen. Well, and, and when we talk about this and how this is happening at college campuses all over yeah, the place. It has and it's for been, I mean, decades. It's been, yeah, I was gonna say, it's been happening since the yep. 60s. But when you have the dean, the quote unquote adult in the room, who just so happens to come in there and have a speech prepared to deliver. <laughs> oh, excuse me, Duncan. Get out of the way. I have a speech to give to my comrades. Um, that's when the issue really goes way over the top. You have college kids. College kids are still kids. They're kind of dumb. Yeah, oh, they're going to protest. You should be the adult and being like, he has his right to be here. Yeah. If you don't want to hear what he says, plug your ears and go somewhere else. We're not forcing you to come to this speech. But it makes them uncomfortable, though. It makes them uncomfortable. So now they have to fight against it, and they can't just be like, oh, I'm just not going to go listen But to it's him. this mob mentality. It's a mob it's mentality. Really it's the, as he even said, you heard of that, the echo chamber. They only want their echo chamber. By the way, yeah. this is Stanford law. This isn't even like just, I'm 18 years old, and I can't take hearing adults. This is Stanford law school who want to be lawyers, who have done undergrad work, who were supposed to be adults at this point. If you can't hear a dissenting opinion, you are in the wrong profession because you need to be able to understand both sides of something and argue in favor of whatever your side ultimately is. But you need to know the other side to be well, able to do that. We're talking about another generation that that now has to have safe spaces oh yeah well, and they've got to be protected i guess uh, emotionally mentally psychologically so if they didn't bring their earplugs then the person has to be shouted down because they can't possibly hear other ideas and it's really a, it's really it really is an amazing environment now on college campuses in the United States. Yeah, well, because this is Stanford, not just like some local community college, but Stanford, yeah. they had egg on their face. And the uh, older generation, uh, who is of the same generation as Steinbach, so it's, mm, um, the president, <laughs> Mark uh, Tessier Levine, and the dean of Stanford Law School, Jenny Martinez, had to issue a joint apology of course. to the judge, Judge Duncan. Again, this was not just some local, even local judge. He is a United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit judge. He's kind of high up there, right? So, oops, Stanford, you messed up. So here's what they, they said. They said, we write to apologize for the disruption of your speech at Stanford Law School, as <laughs> has already been communicated to our community. Our community. What does that mean? Just Stanford or just our, you know, people who we agree with? Anyway, uh, what has been communicated to our community, what happened was inconsistent with our policies on free speech, and we are very sorry about the experience you had while visiting the campus. And then 
they actually, as you can see, the full letter there, it was actually uh, posted to Twitter by someone named Maxwell Meyer, who said, I am pleasantly surprised that Stanford's president and the law dean apologized like this. It's like, yay, that shouldn't be, well, number one, they shouldn't have to apologize because there shouldn't be any need for them to do it. But the fact that they did also shouldn't be like a, oh my gosh, they actually apologized for something? Well, yeah, and the apology wasn't part of the apology telling the, the kids, don't send this out. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Don't, don't. It was also like, um, psh, don't say way, anything. Uh, we're very sorry could. this happened, but don't let anyone but see it on social media. See it. Um, but what's also quite fascinating about this entire thing is <sighs> some of them were traumatized. Oh, no. Some of the, some of the, the people who were there may have been traumatized by what happened. And traumatized students uh, need, who are seeking mental health support were told by the university to go, hey, could you just go see the dean of uh, the DEI? Oh, there she is. If you have any issues about what happened? Wait a minute. David, is that not the same woman she, who caused the issues? She got up and said she was uncomfortable so with this whole thing. So then you're the one who caused the issues you're supposed to go see her to solve the issues that you have. That makes a whole lot of sense. I like how uh, one person on Twitter, Jonathan Turley, uh, said how like completely out of touch in understanding what Stanford was doing. Uh, and he compared it, he says, it is akin to the Oscars telling Chris Rock that Will Smith is available as an emotional support coach. And if you know from the Oscars, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock. So basically go back to your abuser to get emotional support. And uh, he said, you know what is emotionally therapeutic for those denied free speech? Free speech. <laughs> On point, thank you. And by the way, uh, $66,000 a year tuition at uh, these universities. Oh, So we'll, nice. we'll leave you to think about that. Yeah. All right, still to come though, a Maryland teacher who describes herself as a proud liberal and brags about indoctrinating her students has called for an urgent fight against capitalism. That's next. Ah, yes. Another day, another angry Marxist <laughs> wanting to cancel capitalism. We have a Maryland teacher who described herself as proud as F to be liberal. And she bragged about indoctrinating her students, calling for an urgent fight against capitalism, while adding, you know, hey, revolutions involve violence. She sounds like a doozy of a teacher. Well, of course, I'm talking about Rebecca F. Rothstein, who works at North Bethesda Middle School. Middle School. Okay, middle school. That's not right? at okay. all an age when students are, you know, definitely... Uh, in being influenced by other people not at all no not at all no Middle they are school. confident who they are so they won't just be pawns in a system anyway north bethesda middle school it's in the montgomery county school district and she teaches like math intervention program type things but she's all about her students uh, she believes educators should use their classrooms to turn kids into anti-racist activists she was an avid TikTok poster just up about until the point when Fox News Digital reached out to her <laughs> for comment about her uh, violent revolutions. And then poof, 
Magically, her account was no longer active. Well, can we just look at that one yeah. on the right for a minute? That's, oh, we can go through all of them. I have, yeah, there's a lot of That's got to be from Halloween. And look what it says. These kids think they're going to get candy tonight when really I'm handing out Marxist literature. Ah, <laughs> oh, because it's... The kids even know what jump drives are anymore? Oh I don't even goodness. know. That's like an old one. Yeah. She says a whole lot of things. Well, on TikTok, she has said that as a teacher, I wish we could do more with our students, like teach anti-racism and how to be kind people. <laughs> and how to be kind people. Teach Okay. All right. Uh, does anyone else feel like we can skip the math? She's a math teacher, interventionist. Uh, okay. Which means she's supposed to be helping the kids who are struggling, but psh, skip the math. <laughs> um skip the science like we'll do that next year maybe this year we focus on teaching our youth how to be anti-racist that one comment alone that one video alone tells you all you need to know about why our schools are failing and by failing i mean our they are failing our students our students can't read they can't do math because these teachers don't want to teach them math or reading they want to teach them their own values and their own values are Marxist. They're focused on anti-racism. They're focused on apparently being kind, which I don't understand how that one plays into any and all of this. But this is what they're doing. And she's just one example. She's not isolated, David. Whatever you say, she is not an isolated Come case. Come on. She's one example in a litany of teachers. And again, all you got to do is go on TikTok, which I won't. But you're saying there are teachers in our school systems in the country that support Marxist ideologies. Yes. Katie. Yes, yes, I do. You're going on record to say yeah. All right. I'm going on record to okay, say that. Okay, you there heard are it here, teachers folks. In our country. You heard it here. We're all about Marxism. <laughs> no, yeah. There we go. There's yeah, more if, info on it. If her. you take a look at her, she's an educator. X and divide sign. She sure is dividing people. That's X for sure. All right, Black, uh, Black Lives, Lives Matter. Matter. You know, F capitalism. Um, Fun capitalism. Again, as I always say to these <laughs> folks, if you are anti-capitalist, I will gladly take your paycheck. Or a portion of it. I will apply it to something much more yeah. beneficial than apparently what you're getting out yeah, of it spread, because you're all against it. Uh, spread the wealth. You, you make more than me. You would rather have what? <laughs> what would you rather have? Well, um, she has also posted about providing that Marxist literature, as you saw, to kids and the F capitalism stuff. Yep. And uh, she shared in one instance that she was tired after a long day of indoctrinating students. Her words, not mine, as you can see. Uh, she said that I had to unbrainwash myself from capitalism in order to fall in love with socialism and communism. If everyone had the same amount of money, then money wouldn't be worth anything. Capitalism must go. Well, this is interesting, Katie. I got I to gotta point out one thing that she also said, that boys should get vasectomies at birth. Oh, yes. That one was a so, doozy that just kind of got thrown in there. It's not about population control, really. This is about something else. But she's got, a, she's got a whole lot. But hey. This is loony. This is what teachers are doing, and we need more people exposing the truth yep. on these teachers so that parents take a closer look at to who is teaching, and I put that in air quotes, teaching their kids. But coming up, startling new research is showing that the mortality rate for minors has jumped by nearly 20%. And experts say it has nothing to do with COVID-19. We'll, uh, we're going to tell you what we found. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. 
That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D, educated. Support this show and a great American company. This is one of those pay attention parents stories uh, because we have another study that is showing that our kids are dying and now the mortality rate has jumped nearly 20% for the ages of kids 1 to 19. Hmm. The Journal of the American Medical Association published the data and it shows that between 2019, so pre-COVID, and 2021, the spike actually occurred, which means you cannot blame this. Oh, must have been COVID. It'll go back down. Oh, just a COVID thing. Oh, it'll go back down now. No, it's not COVID. And you're going to be maybe surprised, maybe not surprised at the actual reasoning for what these, how the mortality rate has jumped. So we learned last year uh, that there was data collected by the National Center for Health Statistics. They revealed that in 2019, the average American was expected at birth to live to be 78 years old. Okay. Actually 78 years and 10 months to be precise. That figure then dropped the next year uh, in 2020 to just being 77 years. In 2022, life expectancy for the U.S. then stood at 76 years in one month. And that was the lowest it had been since 1996. So the mortality, like your actual life expectancy, it is going down, okay? Well, the newest data between 2019, 2021, the mortality rate for youths ages 1 through 19 increased by 10.7%. For the same demographic, the mortality rate jumped an additional 8.3% between 2020 and 2021. So researchers at Virginia Commonwealth University School of Medicine and the University of Washington's Department of Epidemiology, anytime I read epidemiology or epidemiologist, I now have... Oh, heartbeat going. Um, They noted that while persons ages 10 to 19 were driving the spike in the pediatric mortality rate, the all-cause mortality rate also jumped by 8.4% in children ages 1 to 9 in 2021. Interestingly enough, infants, the ones who were under one years, weren't where they were the standouts, not having suffered an increase. So you may be saying, okay, Katie, what does all this mean? And why are you saying it's not COVID? What is it? What's going on? Well, it's not COVID because it's the, what they're saying, it's injuries. Injuries are increasing. And what, what is defined as an injury? Well, in the paper, they said that injuries are all external causes of morbidity and mortality, which involve multiple mechanisms, including transportation, firearms, and poisoning. Hmm. And poisoning to them also include like poisoning, drugs, fentanyl opioids yes all of this is increasing like yes you could understand transportation car auto accidents uh firearms guns yes um the unintentional drug overdoses constitute a form of poisoning under this definition and since 2016 accounted for over 90 percent of poisoning deaths at ages 10 to 19 i'm gonna say it again that's pretty young since 2016, the poisoning, the unintentional drug overdoses, ages 10 to 19, mm. okay? 90% of the, po- of the poisoning deaths are these drug overdoses. Our children so are getting access and being addicted to and being just exposed to just so many drugs mm. 
that are literally killing them. 90% of the poisonings are coming from these drug overdoses. Okay, unintentional because kids think they're invincible. Oh, I'll just, I'll just take this. I'm sure it's clean. You know, I, I know where this fentanyl came from, which you don't. I'm sure I, I can trust this person, my drug dealer, apparently, who, who is just, you know, trying to give me a, a quick hit of something to make me feel better. And then they unintentionally have these drug overdoses. And it probably has nothing to do with the southern border and the administration's, you know, light policies. On Anyway, we are really seeing dramatic effects on children today, on young people today and school children. Um, up to 19 years old, this says, we're seeing um, not only this, but I mean, just think of what they've dealt with. Think about the suicide attempts and suicide rates. That's another thing. But this, this is really, it should be alarming, but I don't hear a lot of people talking about these cases, these stories. Yeah, and they should. And yes, like you said, suicides are definitely on the rise. Yeah. Uh, mortality rates for suicide increased by 69.5% and homicide rates wow, increased by... 32.7%. Now, I just want to get one more information about demographics on this one because they're saying that injury deaths are more to males, happening more for males, whereas the age-specific all-cause mortality rate per 100,000 people was nearly 40 for males in 2021. The rate was just over 20 for the females, okay? So the men are much higher. In the same year, the injury mortality rate for males was over 25, and it was about 11 for females. So that's higher for the males. Now, race is playing a factor. Uh oh. Black youths accounted for 62.9% of the homicide victims wow. aged 10 to 19. And I would like them to break that down wow. by city. Yep. Because you know Chicago is on there, Baltimore, Atlanta. All of the, yes, all Portland. of these cities where just these kids are getting murdered for absolutely Detroit. no reason, obviously. Yep. Now, black youths in this age range had a homicide rate 20 times higher than Asian Pacific Islander or white youths and six times higher than their Hispanic peers. So, this is data that you need to sit there, mom and dad, and chew on and think about what is happening within your own family, what's happening in your community, what can mm. we do about it? That's right. But that's enough for now, because <laughs> we have more to come. We have a fun story, finally, something positive <laughs> uh, to discuss, as we have a brilliant, and I mean brilliant, 15-year-old who earned his bachelor's and master's degrees. He's 15. He already earned his bachelor's and master's what? degree in college. And hey, now he's just going to go on for a, uh, a little bit of a new challenge. We're going to discuss it next. If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. All right. Uh, Katie did uh, set this one up earlier. A uh, 15-year-old, this brilliant young man with a master's degree, he's set to attend law school this fall. He said, my parents did 
a good job keeping me challenged. And uh, he's from Mississippi. He has exceeded even his parents' expectations and already earning a master's. He's now going to law school, not just a community college, not just a regular college at his age. But um, his name is Jimmy, James Jimmy Chilamigras. Chilamigras, I think I said that right. Look at him. 15, a brainiac of Bay St. Louis, Mississippi. He's always been smart. His parents claim that he began speaking full sentences by the time he was two. And by 12, he was a high school graduate. Let's watch this video. Jimmy Chilimigras may not have his driver's license just yet, but he does have a bachelor's and master's degree from Western Governors University in accounting. Are the excellence awards from WGU. Jimmy is a busy 15 year old, helping out around his parents' home in Mississippi, hanging out with his younger siblings, and now deciding which law school to go to. I always knew he was bright, but I don't think even we expected that he would ever accomplish so much so fast. At age two, Jimmy was talking in full sentences. By age 12, he graduated high school. But academics weren't always a breeze. When, when I did good at something, we kept moving up, so it wasn't really ever super easy. Last year at age 14, Jimmy took the LSAT and scored a 174. According to Jimmy's family, that's the highest score in Mississippi, Alabama, and Louisiana. Jimmy says his success is a group effort. My parents, they were really a big part in that and keeping me challenged. In his next chapter, some new challenges after earning his undergrad and master's degrees online. I'm going to enter law school this August, and so that's going to be in person. And I'm really looking forward to it, actually. So this is like a uh, real-life young Sheldon. If you've watched that show, you're familiar with sure. that. The young man that's uh, smart, the brainiac. At, I th but I think he was 11 when he went to college. I May, it, it reminds me of some of the uh, founding fathers and people uh, patriots in American history, Fisher Ames, author of the First ah, Amendment. Fisher Ames. Yep. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he was 12 when he went to college. Uh, you, you don't quote me on that, but I mean, Look these are some of these ages that uh, uh, some of the men in the early days of American history. But now, uh, so this is so rare to see a story like this. And uh, he, he gave credit to his parents, seemed like a really nice kid. But I like what he said. The reporter must have asked him, so was this really easy if you did you just <laughs> breeze like, through? Like, no. He said, no, every time I reached the top, they kept on getting me to the next level. And it was hard for him, but he kept passing everybody up. Well, and that I think that's the whole lesson of it. Like life doesn't get easier. You just get better at it. Like hmm. everything you do in life, you could be like, you work to achieve something, yeah. but as soon as you achieve that, you don't just stop. No, yep. you find that next challenge. And that's what he's doing already. He's already figured that out that I could just, well, I already got my degree. I could just sit back and do nothing. Especially at his age, being 15, he could be like, I could easily take the next seven, eight years <laughs> off to do nothing hmm. because I'm not an adult yet. And I could just uh, play video games all day or whatnot. Instead, he's actually like, obviously a go-getter and his parents are helping guide him through this. You know, um, and, and he's going to ultimately end up succeeding in life and whatever he does because he's already figured out that, hey, as soon as I conquer something or I work through it, there's another challenge and I'm going to keep on going with it. I wonder, you, you said playing video games. I wonder how many video games he has played. 
I wonder how much time he spent on social media, watching videos, TikTok, YouTube. I wonder how much TV he watches. And I would guess, you know where I'm going with this, parents, don't you? Probably not a lot of screen time or not as much as the average young person because if you're studying and learning, you're in books, you're reading articles, you're doing papers, you're, you're, you're doing the things that the work requires and you're not just spending your time being amused, right? Right. Good point. Good, po solid point. And I also, had a good point there. See, even Katie had one of the it. one of those books should be about Fisher Ames. All right. Well, make sure you are out there hitting that like button, even though we're Hit encouraging it. you uh, here on the social media. Touch but then it. get off the social yeah. media and go read a book. Uh, but if you are on social media, you know, hit the like button, maybe send us some of your feedback, whatever it may be. Now for David and myself, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And thank you for supporting this show. Until next time, stay educated. Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel, hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2023.